and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Old Boy, directed by Park Chan-wook, starring Choi Min-sik and Kang Hai-jong. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I am joined today with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I am, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm like burnt red. I just got <laughs> back from a run, and I just, I don't know what it is. Sometimes when I run... And it's warm outside. It's literally impossible for me to cool down. My body is just like overheating to the max. So forgive me. I'll become less and less, um, or uh, you know, pink throughout this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm trying to cool down. That is that is what I'm attempting. It's supposed to be hot today here uh, in San Jose. So I'm 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 hanging in there. It's my anti weather, I guess if that's even a term. Uh, it's like what I don't gravitate towards i think i have like nordic roots or something i'm supposed to be in the cold i, I don't yeah, know def- definitely definitely <laughs> that, that's that's me too i feel like i have um i have that english blood where i i just love the fog and the cold that's yeah. that's my fave um yeah well speaking of which i think we should probably plug this um we do post these episodes on youtube um and i'm gonna call it right now i'm gonna say uh wednesday is our post date on YouTube. Okay. Monday is our post date on podcast days. Yes. Sorry if it's been posting later and later on Monday. It just depends <laughs> on how my weekend goes. It's uh it's been fun working the new the new job, a lot of content creation stuff. We just got a Canon R6, which is a, a nice camera. It's got some mm. big glass and whatnot. Cameron and I were messaging about it being camera geeks. Um, yeah. So that's been fun. I did a photo shoot with actually the GH4 you bought me, and the photos came out surprisingly sharp. So I have to say, this camera continues to impress me a lot. It's so. a good camera. I'm, I'm telling you, it's you know, uh, it, it was it was made well. And honestly, like cameras, of course they've gotten better and better, but like still, you know, they were they were pushing it back then. So um, you could still totally do some great stuff with older older tech. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I um I I feel like as you know, you look at cameras, it's like do you really need 8K? Most people are still working in 1080p, so it's like an older camera that can do 1080p and 4K. It's more it's definitely more than enough, you know. Totally. Cameron, are you um have you been busy with work and and things like that, you know, talking about cameras? Have you been enjoying your new you have an S1? Is that what it is? Mhm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been slammed, dude. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. I, um, this week I'm working like every single day. Um, so actually luckily today, um, I was supposed to do something, but we, we push it back a little bit later till next week. So today is my day off. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll be working every day until Sunday and, uh, and picking up uh, again on Monday and yeah, so it's, uh, it's been really crazy, actually, uh, which is good. I think September, October um, are going to be slammed, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, it's also fun because um, with the podcast, these are movies that, for one, I really like and enjoy. Um, and two, you know, once we go to to October, we'll be doing horror movies. So that they'll be, you know, it's like it's not that rigorous necessarily you know this is fun yeah. for me to to relax so well i have to admit sitting down to watch this movie last night was the last thing i wanted to do i was sure. like oh i really have to get through this but i i will say at least the movies are not boring they're at no. least entertaining so uh <laughs> no um, it was not. it was it was fun to sit down and glenn walked in 
towards the end of the movie, apparently he's seen it because um, oh. his friends have strange movie choices. And he's like, oh, yeah, this movie scarred me and stuff. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> uh, so yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, w- it was fun to watch the end with him. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a I, I was going to ask you that because when I was sitting down to watch it, I was like, is it ever difficult for you, Cameron, to like really commit to watch something that people say is either impactful or good or pushing the boundaries because you just don't want to, you know, but yeah, like, of course, I of just, course. I feel like that's like one of the things about movies is people recommend movies, even movies that are like simple, you know, decent, good movies like, oh, Isaac, you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. You should watch that movie, you know, and I just, sometimes I'm like, I just don't, I can't. I just don't want to. You know, like it just one hundred, one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally uh, agree. And I think, I honestly think everyone goes through this. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not Juzo because he watches like forty movies a month. But well, he um, was the guy I was thinking about the most. I'm like, that guy's a juggernaut, man. Like he just like powers through them, and I don't even know how you feel anything anymore at some point you know like how are you so my my thing yeah, is like Ju- juzo, how do you how do you s- separate movies from each other <laughs> yeah juzo watches like such like such a variety of movies but to me i just don't even know how he can sit through a marvel movie anymore and and literally <laughs> think anything of it like how does he think anything like the, yeah. he, it's probably white noise at that point he's staring at the screen it's just like this is so like non-effective in all the way i don't know i just he likes he likes marvel movies more than i do so no i know (laughs) i know that's what i mean like it's just like wow i you he's just in it he just loves the the process of watching movies sometimes i'm like i just part of me would rather stare at a wall some days i don't know what it is (laughs) like (laughs) it's always starting though like it's always starting um the the you know like Sometimes even with this podcast where I'm like, ugh, I don't want to rewatch something or, you know, I don't want to like, I don't, oh gosh, I don't want to jump into this like old movie or whatever. Um, It's always once I put it on, then all that goes away. You know, that's been Um, one of my burning questions, Cameron, for the last year, because you've seen all these movies. (laughs) Has there ever been a week where you're just like, you know what? I think I remember enough of the film and you just do it. I can't believe that. I, no, if no. I were you, dude, I'd be skipping every week. It no, no, like. no, I can't because otherwise I can't talk about them in a way that is like um, reflective of my own experience. And I, a, a lot of these movies I do want to revisit so that I can get a better understanding of maybe like I didn't I didn't get things the first time or I didn't sort of um, interpret things in a certain way the first time. Um, and, I, you know, like something like Jennifer's Body is really, really good example of this, where it's like for the first time I watched it in class, I, I thought it was like trite and stupid. Um, and then we when we watched it here, I was like, oh, you know, there's actually a, there's kind of it's kind of interesting. There's there's some things that it does um, uniquely. And, and yeah, so like it's always valuable to to revisit these movies for me. Um so I've never, I've never once skipped, uh, skipped a week. No, audience, you need not. to give props to to Cameron as a host. This is <laughs> that is so impressive. I can't believe I I asked you that on air too. Oof, I yeah, I'm shocked. I'm I'm no no absolutely moved. never. I wouldn't and and remember like when we schedule this this podcast, sometimes I have to think like. And we, we've gone back and forth with it where I have to be like, okay, well, I got to watch the movie 
like tomorrow night. So like, can we do it, you know, like uh, on Wednesday or what? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like right. it. And OK, this is this week is such a good example of this. So I um, bought the DVD or I bought the Blu-ray for Old Boy mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. not streaming. Um, and so I was thinking about like how I was going to get it to you. Um, it came in on Friday. I, I believe Saturday, it was either Saturday or Sunday when I dropped it off to you, right? Yeah. Sunday. 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 Okay. So Saturday I had a wedding Sunday. I had a wedding too, but it was a, it was an afternoon wedding. So it was, you know, a little bit later. So I woke up and I watched old boy before my, before I had to go to work. And then I drove down to you and dropped off your <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> the Blu-ray, and then and then went to my, went to my wedding. So at it least was like, the wedding was kind of close. Maybe? Yeah, it was in Santa Clara. Okay, so good, it, it was, good. and it was only it was a shorter thing, so it wasn't like a huge deal. But I I woke up specifically so that I could watch, um, I could watch Old Boy and get it to you before <laughs> before we had to record. So I was thinking that yeah. uh, Willem Dafoe scene in Spider Man was like, do you know what I had to sacrifice? You know what I mean. <laughs> That's for you, Patreons. All right, that—that's how far we go to make it happen. To make it happen. I know it's just one episode. Meanwhile, Tim Smith, our producer, is like, "You guys need to do more shows a week." I don't even know how. I don't even know how we're <laughs> supposed to do that. No, no, we can't. We can't do more shows a week. I, that would be—that would be a lot. Well, rolling into year two, I'm excited to introduce, as we've been doing for these last few episodes, a new section of the podcast called Cameron's Hot Takes. I think that's really what we got to call it. Being the All host, right. being so knowledgeable. You know, we gotta we gotta press him with questions. The first movie that comes to your mind, Cameron, that is not this film. I kind of like going off the theme, you know, of what the movie that we're talking about this episode. This is, is hard. That's hard with. though, because my first instinct is the film. You know what I mean? Hmm. But but ask ask your trivia question. Ask it. Best movie character with a hammer. Go with a hammer. Well, we obviously watched Drive um, last week. He's got a great hammer. Yes. I would say I actually think that scene is they're they're pretty inspired by each other. Dang, um, man, you stole it right out of my. I mean, we're, we're supposed to get to that, you know. I was <laughs> I've been thinking about the hammers, you know. <laughs> um, I, I I'm struggling to think of another film where the character wields a hammer um, that isn't. Uh, is it, does it have to be like a weapon hammer? Because Anything. I can't, I can't think of any. I feel like hammers aren't very used in films that much. That's what I was thinking too. That's why I was kind of curious to to ask you. The only other hammer I can think of is from Drive, Cameron. Yeah, I, I no, I totally agree. Um, so I guess it really comes down to: is this hammer or the Drive hammer better? Um. Well, you know, I like the sound in in Drive. I think I think this movie, obviously, it's old boy is pretty low budget, so like you can kind of tell it's it's a little rough around the edges in some places. Um, so I really like the Drive um, sound of the hammer, um, but I love the inventiveness of this hammer and just how brutal it is. Um, yeah, like I this you know the duct tape and and all that it's just it's just awesome like it's so good so i would have to put my camp in old boy like you know 60% uh drive 40% it's they're they're both comparable they're both very good the only other hammer scene that i can think of that's just really 
memorable and good is the scene where Tony Stark is hammering his first Iron Man mask and like mm. the score is like going at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like yeah. whacking it and the score kind of plays off the sound like the hammer's almost like a snare or a drum yeah. working with the score. That's a pretty That's, good scene. Well, and then yeah, that reminded me of Thor's hammer obviously is yeah. one that we should mention, but I don't I find that to be a little boring. Also, I, it turns into an axe by like Avengers, <laughs> you know, like but it's not even the hammer gets right, fair, you know fair whatever enough. whatever so, I'm, we're moving on. <laughs> anyways, yeah, it's yeah, like drive, I can't, th- I can't drive think of any the, other the hammer. <laughs> now here's the other question: Does the drive hammer can that beat Thor's hammer? Like, is it you know which one is technically more powerful? Well, I think we determined that he is kind of a superhero. Is yeah, he? it's he's untouchable in that yeah, film. He is. He it's is. almost like. Uh, <laughs> Chronicle or something. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. Oh Man, I, I'm just—I got superheroes on my mind because I'm sweating so much. It reminds me of the the guy who's like becomes a mutant in like X Men One or X Men Two. You know how he's like sweating and he like comes out of the water. Do you know what I'm talking mm, about? Yeah, yeah, oh, I do. What a disgusting film. Anyways, this is Cinema Spectator. You can support us on Patreon.com/slash/ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way, get an exclusive commentary track each month, or a bonus episode. Which I think this month we're doing a bonus episode mm-hmm. uh, just at the dollar level. Get your questions read on air. Get a bunch of other benefits. Check it out. You can find some cool stuff there on a Patreon. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can uh give us a rating on itunes tell friends and family that's how the show grows cameron it's time to get into old boy give us some context backdrop stuff this was supposed to be the first film we watched in korean cinema month so give it to us yeah so um i would say that this starts really the age of the korean new wave or korean new cinema um and in a lot of ways this was kind of the most um the, I guess the earliest respected um, film in in sort of the international realm. So, um, you know, Korean cinema, obviously, it, it had a lot of influences from American cinema. Um, but one of the interesting things about it is, and I, I don't think pe- most people know this, um, is that uh, there was actually a law in place at the time that this movie um came out and for from much of i think the, i think from the 80s until uh very recently it, it could be still in place actually um there was a law that limit limited the amount of foreign films um in korea so it was basically you know theaters had a certain amount of days that they uh, days of the year that they could play foreign films um and then the rest it it all had to be do- domestic cinema and i actually find this a really interesting i think a couple other countries have done this too i know china is pretty restrictive on on the amount of foreign films that they use but i i actually kind of find this an interesting driver in a lot of ways for um for a country's cinema, especially, you know, that that creates a demand in a lot of ways for, you know, for the current filmmakers to sort of expand and do do interesting things, do maybe things that would be a little weirder, a little more unique. And so instead of, you know, in the 90s in Korea, there was a lot of sort of blockbuster type movies um, that were trying to obviously lower budget than than Hollywood blockbusters, but that were kind of trying to do the same thing that Hollywood blockbusters were doing. Um, and then, you know, at this, you know, there was a, a point in time where these Korean filmmakers sort of excelled and 
did things that were weirder, more unusual. And that was kind of, I think this movie actually was kind of the start of that. Um, this movie obviously went to, to Cannes. Um, it won the Grand Prix. Uh, so not like the biggest, uh, it wasn't like the Palme d'Or or something, but it, you know, it, it, it did very well. Um, and I was actually praised by Tarantino at the time because he was on the jury panel. Um, and so, you know, this was kind of, I would say a turning point in Korean cinema where, you know, before you saw very standard uh, dramas, very standard blockbusters. And now you, after this point, you kind of got into more weird, more unusual, and I would say more extreme movies overall. Um, but, you know, when you think of extreme foreign cinema, I think a lot of times my my mind actually jumps to Japan where, you know, there's a lot of horror movies. There's a lot of odd, uh, you know, body horror and things like that. Um, but in Korean cinema, I think the extreme the extreme parts of it actually come out of action, uh, which is kind of interesting. It's it's not something that you see very often. And uh, this movie, I think, again, is is kind of one of the main reasons for that. Um, so. You know, that's so uh, a little bit about the director, Park Chan-wook. This isn't his first movie. Um, he directed one uh, before called Sympathy for uh, uh, sorry, he, he directed. Yeah. In two, 2002, he directed Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. So that was the year before that. And right before that, he made a movie called Joint Security Area or JSA. Um, and JSA, actually, uh, I have it on DVD. I haven't watched it, but um uh, it it's it is more of a drama. Um, you know, it's about the de demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. So um, a little bit more straightforward than this movie. But uh, yeah, he he ends up um, becoming a kind of a big player in uh, in Korean films. In 2016, he directed another movie that um, lots of people love. I I. I do really like it, although I, I'm not going to program it for this <laughs> uh, for this podcast. It's called The Handmaiden. Um, it came out. I can't remember where I saw it. I think I saw it at like the SF Film Festival or something, but it didn't. It, it had a pretty wide release, um, but not, you know, it wasn't it wasn't huge. So I think Old Boy is kind of his Park Chan-wook's um, most critically and commercially acclaimed movie. Um in an international respect. And in a lot of ways, this is of course a cult classic, but like you said, your brother has seen this movie. Um, you know, people know this movie very well. It, it got a 2013 remake by Spike Lee. So it's not like this is an underground movie or anything. It's really surprising actually that, uh, we weren't able to find it on streaming because um, this was on Netflix for a while. Like this was this is a very, very famous movie. I would say Old Boy and uh, Parasite are probably the two movies most known out of um, out of South Korea, maybe uh, Train to Busan as well. So, yeah, a lot um, of people have brought that up when I mentioned that we're doing Korean month, actually. So brought wh which one up? Train to Busan. Yes. Yeah. So that that's another one that kind of. Um, it, it's a bit later on and I think we might, uh, visit it. I haven't seen it yet, so I'll, I'll be sure to watch it and then, uh, we can, we can see if we want to, if we want to tackle it, but yeah, my, no, it's uh, my, my friend Caleb's story. Cause I mentioned that we were doing Korean cinema 
And he was like, yeah, my girlfriend, we were in chemistry class together and I just turned around to see what she was doing and she was on her phone uh, crying. And he was like, why are you crying? And she's like, I'm watching this movie that's Korean with subtitles and it's so good. It's called Train to Busan. He's like, well, let's watch it after class. <laughs> it's yeah. so, it so funny. Like he was like, that's my only, the only thing I know about it. And yeah. It well, that, that's good. another one. Uh, that's another one that has, um, you know, a lot of international acclaim. Yeah. Um, so I would say those three movies are honestly like in the upper echelon of what is considered, you know, peak Korean cinema in a lot of ways, um, especially for the international community. So, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of a, a small introduction. This is, like I said, a turning point in Korean cinema. It's one that kind of launches a, a whole wave of directors doing riskier and more unusual things. And I think you can kind of see it in, um, you know, this this is this is a very unusual movie. So um, you can kind of see the influences, not just in Korean cinema, but in movies overall, you know, since 2003, I think this movie has left a legacy for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into some impressions of the film, because how many times have you seen this film, Cameron? I think this is my second viewing, either second or third. Okay. Yeah, I I don't think that this film like had the refinement and that I really found enjoyable and exciting about Mother actually. I thought that Mother was especially watching it compared to this and I know that this is a lot earlier, 2003. This feels almost um a little like immature in in some ways um mm -hmm. whereas the i guess weird and risky or out there side of mother seems so purposefully put together and this was just kind of like i'm in your face you know and it's crazy yes. and i think it's reflected in a lot of the editing and even the arrangement of the story gets a little bit muddy like i kept finding myself being confused about what exactly was going on or what, what was yeah. happening, you know? Um, but I think what, where this movie shines is really in the scene to scene execution. And I think that the acting is, is really cool. I, I enjoyed, um, the three, the three leads, um, like the girl love interest, um, the main, like rough, tough revenge guy. And then the young, like corporate evil guy right um the, uh, those three characters just had like a lot of charisma i think is probably mm -hmm. the best way to put it on screen that i didn't expect to enjoy so much actually almost more than the characters in mother where the mother the mother character herself was kind of difficult to root for even though but even though like you were invested and excited to see where it went um and and you were rooting for her, and she serves the plot super well. But I just I found these characters, no matter what they were doing, whether they were bad or good or doing the wrong thing or the right thing, it was almost like they just had this energy about them on screen that you're like, boy, they're cool. They're like, there's something about them that I'm totally. I'm kind of I'm kind of into. I'm not sure why. Um, and I think that that goes a long way in making you feel invested and excited about the story, despite how strange and wild it gets towards the end, right? <laughs> um, so overall, I I feel 
like this movie is kind of neat. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I haven't really decided how I feel about it because I understand that like there's the shock factor. And so for me, it's not something I can really recommend because of its weirdness and wildness. I feel like this movie is definitely for a specific kind of person that wants to explore um, something that's going to be in your face. You know, maybe I honestly, you know, mentioning Tarantino, I could see like Tarantino fans being into this movie a lot. Totally. Um, so if you're into those kind of movies like this, will definitely has a draw for you. Um, but yeah, I just, I found it, I, I don't, I don't feel like off the wall about the film. I just kind of think that it's, I, I, honestly, the thing that I found the most compelling about it is how it was released in 2003. And the only thing I could think about the entire film is how much it reminded me of the matrix actually. And yeah, the matrix 100%. trilogy and how much green is in it. And almost how it was like this, foreign take on what the matrix did but in its own like cool korean way and so i found it i found the movie to be enjoyed from afar (laughs) is kind of the best way that i i felt about it like i didn't um i felt like i was observing kind of this this moment in a museum or something like that where i'm like Mm. looking through it through spectacles i'm not being pulled into it because it's kind of just everywhere and i was like well you know okay that's kind of that's kind of how i felt i felt about it and i think there's a lot about the movie that that is really cool and we're gonna get into that but i'm sort of in this this middle ground and i think where i'm conflicted the most about my feelings on this viewing is this movie is trying its best to not leave you there in the middle ground you know it's either it's trying to push you to this like feeling of like wow i'm so into this it's totally in your face or like you i absolutely hate this <laughs> and i just felt the the thing in the middle which is like i don't really i don't know i don't really feel either you know like i'm not super drawn to it i'm i get it like it's trying to do something that's in your face and out there and kind of gross and you know i'm not really gonna just sit here and be like ew like this is just i i like it's I guess all the strange and gross stuff is almost comical to me. Yeah. So, it, so it well, I think that's kind of the point. Though. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like offensive or even like, you know, I, I know this is strange, but like the movie Saw, which I haven't even seen, but the thought of that movie alone, right? Of like this psychological torture, you know, like almost like torture porn that's like too much. And I just, I'm like, I haven't seen the film, so obviously I'm probably wrong, but the perception around the movie is like, it is just gross and you don't want to watch something like that in some way, right? Or or there's an edginess to it, right? This movie, I don't think that the edginess is leaning in that, like, that side of absolute, like, disgust it's more in the absolute like what the heck like that's kind of yeah, like it's comical yeah, sure. and, and so it's it didn't it didn't offend me the same way that something like you know what uh, eraser head did <laughs> which <laughs> that movie i'm just like like there's to me i wasn't laughing i was just like Ugh, i don't know about this so yeah well i i will say um 
I think the first thing that you brought up was is an interesting point because um, I I do agree. Um, I don't think the story is very refined, um, and I think the I think you're right that the editing is um, a little bit disjointed in a way that makes you confused more than anything. It's not like it's trying to be disorienting or whatever. You know, like it's it's. It's almost, I, I think you're right. There's like a, it's not quite refined enough um, for sure. Um, although what I'll say about that is, is I'm not sure that it necessarily matters to me because um, where, you know, kind of like you said, where this movie shines is um, individually, I think the scenes are so fun and interesting and engaging that I'm, I'm kind of left, you know, it, it, it's a movie where obviously the goal is to find out why, um, you know, he's been imprisoned, but you don't, I, for me, I don't necessarily feel that connected to that, um, goal. And I think that's a little bit strange. Um, and I, I'm maybe, you know, let's like, uh, if I was to put one criticism on this movie, I would want to lean more into the mystery aspect of that. Um, and I think it kind of redeems itself in the end because the end is so wild and insane um, that that you kind of forget that the whole goal was about, <laughs> um, you know, was about finding out why. But it's almost like I wanted there to be more of a like punch you in the face twist in some ways, I guess, I don't know. Cause yeah. there kind of is a punch you in the face twist. Like it's, it's kind of, it is super out there, but like, I, I do, I do think you're right that some of the writing in terms of the mystery element and the full sort of story element, um, doesn't quite hold up, especially considering something like mother where it's like all leaning in towards the, the mystery of that. Um, so I, I totally, I totally will agree with you there. Um, what well, I will say about the, sorry, go ahead. I just, one of the things that I noticed between like mother and this film, it was, it's almost like I'm being not too hard. Let, let me, let me explain. There's, when it comes to like mystery films, right? One of the things that's difficult for me as a viewer is this suspension of disbelief with the reveal of certain information around mysteries and the way that they're plotted out. I think one of the things that drives me nuts about a lot of mystery dramas is that there will be these things that come out of left field that seem completely like just almost like not like, like like they weren't like they come out of nowhere and they you didn't you never ex, you didn't expect it but it also feels cheap does that make sense mm -hmm. what i'm saying and so like one of the things which i i do not think it's a perfect movie but one of the things that i liked about the most recent film from Ryan Johnson uh Knives Out is that they introduce all of the board like the pieces on the on the board yeah super yeah. early and so it's like it's almost like the laws are set pretty early on in that film where it's like all the mystery revolves around the things that you already see now i think the latter half of the film introduces some things out of left field that kind of cheapen 
the stuff, but most of the people that are involved in any part of the mystery are introduced from the very beginning of the movie, which I think is like, like awesome, you know, whereas mother, I think it was, it was super well planned out and shown up until they introduced that there's this random guy in the middle house on that corner who works in a junk shop. And that's out of nowhere. Like, I don't even know why he's there. You know, there's no, it seems like he is so disconnected, but he's also the needed piece to like make the story come together. Cause you just need an eyewitness. So like for me, I was like, okay, he's functional, right? Like in the context of the mystery, he's, he's a functional piece that was needed to complete it. And right? I will say, obviously he's not introduced necessarily, but he's placed uh, right, for sure, right. right in the middle of things. Yeah. Um, and and you see him, he's easy to forget about, but you know that he, he's there. You know that he exists. It's not like right. he's out of nowhere, for sure. Well, you don't see that he's in that house. You you, you do. It's, oh. it's sneaky, but you okay. do. So, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I never... Because I didn't see it the first time, but no, yeah. to me, of to course, me, it's it's hidden. It's obviously yeah. hidden. So, yeah, to me, that's so that's cool, right? Yeah. With this movie, the reveals in the mystery just seem like they're being pulled out of a hat. Yes, and yes. even when they try to loop them back around to make sense, you're a little confused on the direction and 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 the mechanics of the mystery of that if if. You know, yeah. it's it's like like when he's back at school all of a sudden and there's a flashback and he's running around. I'm like, what is this? Like, what is even happening? You know, like I the, the I think this movie has such a, a beautiful attention to setting in, in a lot mm-hmm. of its stuff. So it's like you're traveling to these wild locations from the grassy uh, skyscraper top to, you know, the rainy streets um, to this like, you know, strange geometric designed school with nuns and everything right all the locations draw you in but they just feel so disjointed and then the reveals are also like who is this why who am i looking at why am i why are we talking about this person you know like and they just continue to pull from like the the villains past and the um the protagonist's past in ways that almost feel a little bit like, like, like it got to the point where I was like, okay, you know, sure, sure, whatever. Like, let's just pull yeah. from from different things. Now, the reason I I took so long to kind of explain my feeling around mystery stuff is because I'm confused why some mysteries get away with it, whereas in the case of, I guess I would say even Mother now because you just kind of proved me wrong with. The reveal, I miss that, which I think is awesome. Mother and Knives Out lay out stuff clearly. But then I watch a movie like Empire Strikes Back, and the first time I watch that and Darth Vader says, I'm your father, which is out of nowhere, you know? It's it's iconic, but it's also, like, as a kid, I didn't blink an eye, you know? I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know? Like, that's fine. Even though, like, <laughs> in some reality, that makes no sense if you were watching that on on release you know so i don't know like i'm i'm kind of stuck where i'm like is does a mystery movie like it does it just work because you've seen it before and you already know what's going to happen i I think i think one of the reasons and i think both this movie and empire strikes back 
are actually good examples of this. One of the reasons is because the other movies are set up as mysteries, right? Mother is a mystery. It's about a murder, you know, like it's yeah. literally a, Chris, a, a Agatha Christie novel, you know, like mm-hmm. um, uh, Knives Out, again, literally an Agatha Christie novel. So this movie, I would say, is set up as a revenge movie and an action right. movie. It's not necessarily set up as a mystery. And the the mystery, of course, kind of pushes things along in some ways um, and is used more of as a as a plot device than anything. Um, but it's not necessarily a mystery movie. Same with Star Wars. It's a sci-fi fantasy, you know. And so the mystery element of of, you know, him as as Luke's father, like I, that's not like central necessarily to the entire movie. Um, and so for me. Old boy, I I see it more like its first principle is um, as an action revenge story, mm-hmm. and and I think that's where it actually holds up in the story, um, and where it it actually does make sense in a lot of ways where you know you kind of get these these different bits thrown at at you, um, and especially I love the sequence. I mean, I guess this let's say not necessarily a spoil a spoiler but mild spoiler i love that line um where he says um you just forgot like oh, you didn't yeah, yeah. You, you didn't do you didn't um you know it's not i didn't hypnotize you or anything you just forgot about this it wasn't important to you mm. um and that is one of the critical points of the movie where i think it actually it starts to work again where the the mystery element of it is like you're remembering something that you had you had completely forgotten. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Um, instead of you know forcing these elements into it, it's about sort of um, realizing the impact that you have on someone that you totally had no real realization of before. Um, and so that's why I I think it actually works in the end and sort of the twist of it works in the end because it's a double revenge story. Right. It's not, it's not a mystery necessarily. It's a double revenge story. So. Yeah. It's, I mean that, that final reveal scene is, is pretty awesome. I think that there are just some disgusting parts of it. Like the part (laughs) where he's like snipping his tongue and everything. It's like spoilers. Oh oh my goodness. (laughs) I mean, you don't know who I'm talking about, but sure, like, sure. it's just that, that's that. And like, why, why? Like that's because Glenn and I were watching it together and he was like, yep, this part, I, I didn't like well, and this. Then, so. But uh, again, that's a reversal of what, you know, like, that's why I think actually the double revenge element of it is why it's so compelling because it's a reversal of what she says. Remember, she's praying and she says, make him, you know, uh, pray to, you, you know, beg beg and for your forgiveness right right and so that's why there's there's something so um that i think there is something very satisfying about that um conclusion in a lot of ways because it's a um it's a double reversal in your mind you know yeah and the end the ending which you know we can get into with the whole scene in the snow and everything like i don't i don't know that's that also felt very reminiscent of mother's ending the whole idea of, you know, forgetting. Uh, yeah. Forgetting, abandoning yeah. You, like the bad things you've done, just forgetting and moving on. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a strange theme that's played up again in this film. 
I do yeah. want to talk about uh, some of the mechanical aspects of the film. You know, we touched on editing, and I guess we're kind of getting into some of the story stuff. But one of the things I wanted to talk about with this movie is style. And a lot mm. of it, uh, of course, felt influenced from The Matrix, from the music, which is comically like... <laughs> 2000 early 2000s yeah it's <laughs> yeah. it's the score is just a joke today uh, to today's standards but i it's kind of charming um to the green hue this movie has a very cool like eastern influence style a lot of it uh from the editing transitions actually reminded me of the confusion that i have playing a kojima game mm. um metal gear solid 5 from the moments where it's like the boat blows up and then, or actually, you know what? I would say that Death Stranding is a better example um, yeah. where it's like, you know, something blows up and he wakes up naked and then all of a sudden he rolls over and he's in a grassy field and all of a sudden, like, he's in the middle of a road. Like, it just, it almost doesn't make sense. It's like some surreal trip um, and then he's underwater with whales, right? Whereas this movie, it's like he keeps, you know, almost like popping into these new locations with zero context of how he ended up there. Right. But there's something about it that works. And I don't know. I, I think a lot of it is drawn by the actor's charisma to be cool in the moment of where he is. Right. This guy looks um, like he's got the John Wick energy, you know, from the haircut <laughs> to the suit. Right. Um, to like like he he's almost like a character that it feels like you want to. I don't know if this makes sense, but it's like you want to play as him in a video game or something, right? Well, yeah, and I think he's he's like this is like an origin story of kind of a superhero in a lot of ways. This is like um like the Punisher or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this it, it's I I totally agree. He's like he's got the style of like maybe like a B tier. <laughs> right, right. Um like violent superhero, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and his the setup in the prison and escaping it. Like you're so excited to see where he goes and where he ends up only for him to wake up on that, the roof with the guy and the dog. Like it's just, there's so much that is memorable and cool. And I think the settings and the cool characters with the cool settings, like it's, it's hard to not uh, be drawn in by the Do you want to know a fun, elements. a fun fact about that? Uh, scene with the dog sure um which is a very confusing scene i don't yes, i didn't really understand yes, it yes there's some there's it's a reference to uh another movie um uh directed by bong joon ho that came out before this called the uh, barking dogs never bite um where the kind of the crux of the movie is um there's a guy who is kind of strung out and um it's more of a comedic film, dark comedy, but um, he, his, I think his wife or his fiance gets a, um, gets a dog, like a small dog like mm -hmm. that. Um, and the whole, the whole, he, you follow him kind of trying to <laughs> get rid of this dog basically. Um, and there's like a scene on the roof where he's like, you know, holding it over and uh, yeah, whatever. So it's a, it's a reference to, uh, to that movie. I believe I, you know, I couldn't find this anywhere, but um, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, no, I found that the um, the scene on top of the roof just sort of had like my mind racing with where is he? Like, you know, is it 
almost inception is he in some kind of strange purgatory and then it just turns out he's just on the roof um but there's so many like there there's so many memorable settings like scene to scene mm-hmm. I, I think that's what's so um impactful for this this movie's coolness factor just from the characters again having that charisma and to the settings like like just having so much life to them um i yeah i i don't think it can be understated i just think the rest of the the drama elements and the mystery elements are just <laughs> absurd and kind of i don't know like it, it i just find this this movie difficult to want to recommend to people because of those elements i think i think that's where where i'm really really stuck on it it's like there are other movies that do what this movie does in better approachable ways you know and i don't know if i agree with that necessarily i i think there are movies that do mystery better um but i think this is this is an awesome example of a like a revenge film that I I would say, you know, if if I think I think you're right that like if you like like Tarantino movies or if you like sort of um, kind of over the top um, kind of funny kind of extreme movies, like yeah, totally. I think, but I feel like that's not a lot of <laughs> movie viewers. If I'm being I don't honest, know. I don't. I'm not sure because I. I know a lot of people who love Tarantino and a lot of people who But do you know people that like Tarantino like like all of his movies? You know? Like that's the thing. Like I know people that are like, "Oh, I love Tarantino cuz I love like Inglorious Bastards." It's like, "Okay." You know, like I I mean, that's that movie is very blockbuster. It's fun and then there's some people who are like Oh, like I love Tarantino because I love Django. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty approachable. That's fun. It's it's out there, you know. It's and then I'm like, well, I like you know the Hateful Eight, and people are like, I couldn't do it, you know. Like so many every time I bring up that film, people are like, I cannot do that movie, mm. you know. And I was like, see, if you maybe can't... maybe you're the audience for this for this movie then. <laughs> exactly, but if you can't do Hateful Eight, there's no way you're making it through this, you know. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's what I'm saying, like. The, the the hateful no, eight. No, I think like, I think hateful eight is a bit more extreme. No, in some ways, not at all. To me, to me, there is literally like, to me that that movie is <laughs> that movie is funny if anything, you know. Um, there's literally. You know, I kind of I kind of feel like this is an interesting movie to bring up. Actually, hateful eight because. I think these movies are very similar in a lot of ways. Um, oh, I to- I see it. I totally see it in sort of the construction of of the mystery element that kind of falls apart a little bit, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and in sort of how weirdly the the movies are edited, um, and just how extreme they are. And I think, yeah, I, no, I think, um, I don't know. I think both of them are pretty are pretty over the top and extreme. I think um, that the hateful eight de- delivers a better like mystery element because of how slowly they introduce the characters. And I'm referring to, I mean, I, I think that the extended edition version that I watched was the most engaging. There's a Netflix version of the movie that's like over it's five episodes or, or like four episodes and each episode's an hour. 
And I feel like that's a really exciting way to watch that that movie. Um, I think it's neat that they thought of a way to kind of piece it out in in a more consumable manner. Um, I think this movie has much cooler settings mm-hmm. and that adds a lot of variety that can keep it more engaging. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying though. Like I can't, I can't even feel like I can recommend this movie to like the Tarantino crowd because most people that I know who I've talked to, like couldn't get through hateful eight. So it's like, you know, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I would say, I would say this movie definitely appeals to that kind of, um, viewer. Um, but you know, I, I will say, I guess, um, you know, I, I don't really, this to me, isn't necessarily a movie that I even care about recommending because in some ways, if you're interested in this, this area of film, I think you've probably seen this movie. Um, it's got enough clout in a lot of ways that I think people who are intrigued by it have, have probably already seen it. Um, but so. this is Cameron, this is like what this podcast is about, you know, <laughs> is like our rating scale is for everyone, yeah, yeah, for yeah. casuals, curious and cinephiles. And I think this is, I where don't it, think this movie is for everybody. No, but yeah, um, no, I, I agree with you. As a matter of fact, I think what's so uncomfortable for me is that I almost feel like it is for cinephiles, you know, because I, I, and I, I know that you're like hesitant on that. I, I don't know. Like, I think that there's something about this movie that I don't dislike. I actually, I think I, I had a pretty positive experience with this movie, but as I'm thinking about recommendations for it, I'm like, I really, you gotta be a very specific person to understand. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you can, so here's, here's what's, here's the other thing. Like, as you've helped me watch more movies, right. And explore more stuff. Like this film to me, isn't something that I would flock to. Right. Or even want to necessarily explore, but, but I could at least understand it with some of the context that I have. Right. Um, so you either have to have that context or you have to be niche enough to be into something this wild, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, I don't even know if I could put it for the curious. Like, I kind of feel like it has to be someone that knows what they want or is well-versed, you know? Yeah, yeah. I No, I guess that's true. That's that's a that's a fair point. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think, I, I feel like instead of thinking about sort of the recommendations and whatnot. Um, I, I think we should talk a little bit about sort of the specifics um, and maybe get into some, um, cause I think you're right that the scenes are actually what I remember most about this movie instead of sort of the general, you know, plot or whatever. Um, so the, to me, well, and I, what I'll say again is I think just like you, the first time I watched this, I wasn't sure what to make of it. And then over time, it was a movie that I thought about more and more. And that kind of it's one of those movies that that you don't know how to describe, but it kind of leaves something in your brain where you mm. you think back on it and you 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 know, you're watching another movie and you're like, oh, man, 
this is kind of like old boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's yeah. there's something about it that that sticks with you. And so what I'll say to you is before you make up your mind, just keep in mind that it's a it's a movie that like just plants itself. You know, like it's sure. a movie that that you will remember certain elements of you know forever and i watched this in high school um for the first time and so like throughout i haven't i i don't think i've revisited it since and so throughout my my time there are so many things that i that i remember just like vividly clearly um about this movie that rewatching it for me was a lot of fun actually this time yeah um, no i mean i can i can definitely understand how this film is going to sort of expand as I chew on it more and more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I but I don't know if that changes where I stand necessarily on the on the recommendation because because I don't know if it could expand or if I could even take away something if I wasn't prepared or already into something in that style. You know what I mean? Like that's sort yeah. of like that's kind of where I'm I'm teetering on. So yeah, let's let's get into some of the specifics. I I what what did you have in mind? What did you want to talk about specifically with it? Yeah, well, I mean, I so first, I think this movie is kind of broken up into three sections. Um, first is kind of his transition to let's say the monster, right? Um, you know, from a bumbling drunk, uh, someone who's kind of a despic- despicable person, and then you watch him in this f- sort of first section. Um, be transformed and be, um, you know, it's, he's captured, obviously. And, yeah, and it's he's the, kind of the prison imprisoned. section. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that's kind of that's a very intriguing section. Although I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite part of the movie. Although I do like the scene where he uh, he's like, oh, uh, like d- does does like punching a wall like translate? And then he just like beats up yes. all, the, yes. <laughs> all the thugs. It's an awesome scene. Um, uh, but, you know, I will say, like, I don't think that, like, obviously that's kind of the hook of the movie, but it's not necessarily the best part of the movie. I think, actually, the second section is my favorite, where it's the sort of the the true revenge section of the movie. Um, and it's kind of funny because, you know, you see him piece together some of the puzzle, right? But and And it's really satisfying to see him him beat up the the guys in the hallway and to do like the whole revenge tour but at some level you understand that that's not like there's someone on top you know and there's someone who's who's kind of then i guess that's that's the third section is the takedown of um of the main the main villain and where it turns into this sort of double revenge story um but i don't know do you like i love I think obviously everybody loves the hallway fight scene. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And it's been remade and it has its influences in like daredevil and in like Marvel movies, like obviously the elevator sequence, um, uh, you know, in captain America that I think that comes directly from this movie. Right. Um, there's so many things that, that, sort of middle section does that that has left its mark on the rest of cinema um i don't well, know just do you, just, do you just think whole... do you remind or are you reminded of anything in that 
in that second section that well yeah we mentioned drive with with the hammer right mm-hmm. and the hammer in the mouth also is like the sound in drive is <laughs> is horrifying and in this movie it's kind of similar right the hallway fight i the thing that stood out to me was just how impressive the choreography was in that mm-hmm. and to be able to like act and 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 make it look like he's beating up people in this long take that's along this hallway is it's pretty it's it's super engaging um i i i love the design of it from like him winning to getting stabbed and on the ground to winning again but also struggling still but also you kind of know that he's in control uh with all those guys being scared to be able to beat him up that's that's a great that to me that that's a great moment Something about um, the lead actor sort of reminded me of because I I was watching um, part of like Rush Hour this week, mm-hmm. so he has a little bit of like this Jackie Chan meets Johnny Depp energy. I don't know what it is about him, but like it's yeah. There's like this blending of the two from um, the way that he like carries himself in a in a fight scene. And also some of his emoting and maybe it's the hair that reminds me of Johnny Depp. Um, but yeah, it's, he, he's really cool. And the way that they, they do those fight scenes are, are engaging. I, I don't know, like none of it really, um, like I didn't think of the elevator thing. I didn't really remember any sort of influence besides the drive hammer. Um, but I'm sure if I watch other action movies all like it, it clearly feels, um, inspired by some of the stuff in the matrix, but also kind of setting up a new look that other people are going to pull from. And I, I, I'm sure that there's other things that I've seen that pull from it. So, um, I haven't seen the raid either, but I, I know that movie has a lot of, um, influences from this as well. Yeah, that's um, the film that Glenn talked about when he came in, um, discussing how he watched the raid and and this film, uh, and kind of the comparisons with them. But he says the raid has some of the best choreography he's ever seen. Yeah, in, that's like, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So, um, yeah. So I mean, and then I guess the most interesting sequence to talk about is sort of that third. Um, that third section where you get more information on the villain. Um, obviously you stick with him for a while. And, and I like what you said about how he's, he's very charismatic in a way that is like, like you, you want to hate him so bad, you know, you want to hate him. And by the end you hate him a lot. Um, but you're also like, I don't know. You're, you're charmed, you, you know. You're kind yeah. of you're kind of drawn in by his villainous corporate empire that isn't explained, and also like he's clearly a crazy it's exp- person. Uh, it's kind of explained. It, it says he comes from money. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like he's he's clearly a crazy person. His office has like the coolest changing room ever. <laughs> Uh, and yeah it's like the four blocks yeah and then like all the weird like green rivers that are around him it's 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 an awesome design for it i just like there is a um it's like he couldn't be any worse of a person it feels like but he's still like 
he's still I don't know like you still love to hate him and he knows yeah. it you know like yeah well and it's not like he's um it's different than someone who's just like a true um horrifying mo- he's almost like uh like uh the wolf of wall street you know like it's mm. it's kind of like that where it's like it's like fun to watch on screen but also just an awful person um and and this guy in the same way is like he's he's planned this for like for like 25 years or something he's planned this this whole revenge arc and you got to give it to him you got to give there's there's a lot of dedication in that you know you you respect that uh that hustle <laughs> yeah i think what's interesting about him is that it's it almost feels like he's cloning himself in some ways like the writing is like he creates a entity that chases him but slowly becomes him in Mm. the way that he designs the revenge yeah exactly Um, and i don't know like i i wish that his response wasn't um like just suicide it seems very i don't know like like it makes sense but it's also like okay you know like why didn't you just off yourself like 20 years ago you know i don't know well that was Um, that was his his plan was was this you know this critical revenge um yeah sure so and after and after you know he doesn't he doesn't need anything anymore so and the movie comments on revenge as well he comments on revenge which is strange so he's like so you're going to get revenge and then what? Like nothing, nothing's going to happen. So what's the point yeah. anyways? And it's like, well, then what are you doing? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, well, what's... I think that's his point though. You know, he's saying, obviously this is, you know, it's like a, this, this is his double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he knows, he, like, that's the other thing is he knows there's something, there's something thrilling or there's something deeply, satisfying about revenge in a way that um obviously he spent like 20 years to 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 plan this you know so like he knows he knows the bigger you know the bigger the the event the more um satisfying it is um which is why i think it's kind of interesting that the, the the finale where he you know he reveals that uh, this love interest as Mido um, is actually his daughter. Um, the finale is so strange because like you said, there's, you know, there's an element of him becoming uh, of, of Odesu becoming the villain Right. And, and actually he's, he sets that up early on, you know, he says, you know, I've become the monster, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, he becomes the villain and then he, 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 for it's, it's interesting. He forgives the, I, I, not that he forgives, obviously he's under duress, but, um, he wants there to be sort of this um he doesn't want revenge anymore he just wants this to go away (laughs) Um, right right and it's almost like 
the 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 main villain corporate guy like he could have he could have killed um the the protagonist i can't pronounce any of their names on this odesu <laughs> odesu odesu he could have he could have killed odesu but it's almost like a deeper revenge to leave him alive in yeah, his state exactly. right and then he just walks away um so that i don't know there was a part of me that was like it would have been an impactful thing to chew on if they both died right there right i'm confused sort of what the uh the point of like the healing at the end was because it didn't it, it really didn't i i felt like it didn't add anything it was kind of just like there i'm not sure to set up a sequel or something i don't know like like i'm not no i don't i don't think so i i mean i think the i think just like what you're saying with you know, with the, with mother in the same way that there's an aspect of forgetting, um, that is almost like it's more, it's more important that he doesn't remember what, what happens because it's so traumatizing, you know? Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Like it's the same, or it's a similar theme in mother. And I think, I wonder what the like the filmmakers are really trying to get at. I mean, I don't understand a lot of um, South Korean culture. There's obviously been like war and tension between North Korea and South Korea for the last hundred years, right? Um, so it's I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot of commentary being placed out around memory and trauma and and almost like critique of forgetfulness or maybe even like a double-edged endorsement of of forgetting right i don't know there's there's some some fascinating things to dissect from it and i wish i was more knowledgeable around the culture because there's clearly a ton of heart put into the the thought and and um purpose behind these movies i think yeah. i that that's what i enjoy a lot is that these movies don't leave on a everything is meaningless kind of note that i've seen in some french films right <laughs> um or no like, no quite the opposite in fact yeah yeah so def definite props to this movie for you know whatever it's trying to chew on that i don't understand like i, I can at least feel a small touch of it so um yeah yeah no I, I yeah i totally agree um it is it is hard to say necessarily like what the, what they're trying to comment on specifically um i would say like obviously this movie is inspired by um by the the Oedipus story um i think in fact the name odesu um is is inspired by oedipus because it's kind of spelled similarly hmm. um but i think i mean i think overall this is a story about how you you impact people in your lives that you don't realize um, yeah and they will always remember, but you'll just forget. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of its most 
um, deep and impactful and maybe truthful um, statement is that there are things that you do that you you don't even realize you you have no conception that it that it actually affects people um and they will harbor that for the rest of their life you know yeah uh so yeah so i i think that's to me where that where the movie shines the most is is in that statement um yeah no it's 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 very powerful most definitely I just I think my the hardest hiccup that I'm I'm having with this film is that I just don't I I don't think this movie is is approachable for a mass majority majority. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like that's exactly what a cinephile would say. <laughs> and that's why <laughs> that's why it gets a rating for a cinephile. Sure. And, and but yeah, how, but but that's that, true though. It's like, there, of course, there are movies that aren't that aren't geared. I don't think this movie was intended for everybody. Yeah, and um, I, I well, I think what's what's cool about this conversation is that I think this is the most positive for the cinephile rating I have given. Probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and so I think that alone should speak in and of itself. If you consider yourself, you know an extreme movie enthusiast or this sounds like something that you want to give a shot i'm pretty sure you won't be disappointed you know i would say it's it's for the curious only in that there are people who will dip their toes in things like horror in things like thrillers and things that are maybe on the spectrum of of being a little more extreme um and if you think that that's something that that is interesting to you, I think you, again, won't be disappointed with this movie um, because it's so, it's, it's so unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, you know, as someone who, who enjoys Korean films and enjoys uh, international films and to some degree enjoys kind of off the wall horror movies, um, this is, this is a completely unique experience that I've, I haven't, I hadn't seen before and I probably haven't seen ever since. Um, hmm. So that's why I would say this movie, I would, I would recommend anybody who's, who's curious about something like this um, should watch it because it's so unique and it'll stick with you. You know, I, yeah. I you know, like Glenn said, he, he walked in and he was like, Oh, old boy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like he, I'm, he knew. I don't know if that was the bet. <laughs> he said it scarred him. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the same thing. Uh, I'm, I stand clear. I'm staying clear by my rating. That's exactly <laughs> what a cinephile would say. I don't have any more thoughts, Cameron. We need to wrap it up. I got to get back to work. So, all right. Sounds good. Um, I appreciate your time and it's exciting to explore. I, I'm excited for the next two films. I actually hope we get to watch Train to Busan because I've heard a lot about it. Next so. three films. Yes. We're doing a bonus episode. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, if you, you want anything else to add before we wrap up? Um, no. I uh, look for, um, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, check it out. ECFS Productions, same thing. We're the same on every platform. So we appreciate you guys. We post every Monday, every Wednesday, if you want to watch the video. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith, 
for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ecfs productions if you want to learn more about the benefits you can get check out our patreon the show cannot happen without you great listeners so we thank you for all your kindness and support Thank you.